Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I've been going around the square leaving money or rats. Walford are wondering, who is their trick-or-treater? Well, it's me, Emma. <laughs> and I'm the vampiric gangster Gran, come to bleed Phil dry of everything he's got. Connor. So what we got coming up this week, Emma? Well, we have your usual roundup. We play Match Game, the spooktacular edition. Yes. And of course, Mostly Ghostly is back again. And with a bit of a difference today, we've got a two-part special. We're going to be doing a seance. Ooh. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what Denny and Sharon get up to this week, Emma. Oh, neither can I. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. We were working in the big late one night when our eyes beheld a soapy sight. The ghosts of Den and Mel did rise, and suddenly, to our surprise, they did the mash. The E20 mash, they did the mash. They made the glasses smash, they did the mash. They stole Max's cash, they did the mash. The E20 mash. <laughs> So, the week kicks off with Cat and Stacey cleaning the Vic. Lily's pretending to have a cough so she doesn't have to go to school. I mean, Queen, come on, that is, that is like how you get a day off, isn't it? She's learnt off Jean. She has, as you might say. See what Jean's done? She's a bad influence or a good one, depending on your point of view. <laughs> well, Cat informs Stacey she saw... She who shall not be named. And she was flashing some sort of handbag that Martin bought her, but it looked fake. A handbag that Martin bought, she who shall not be named. Hmm. A handbag paid for by his paycheck, no doubt, <laughs> which is paid for by she who shall not be named. So essentially Ruby bought that bag for herself. Well, that's what uh, Stacy says as well. She's like, she's totally bought it herself. And I'm like, she definitely has bought it herself but for someone who's bankrupt i mean she's just doing brilliantly so fab. it might not be the chanel bag she wanted but don't worry she got the louis vuitton bag that she had also looked <laughs> at instead <laughs> <laughs> i love it man because she's always like going on and on about how how she's bankrupt how stacy took everything from her meanwhile martin's got enough cash to you know Get a new handbag for her. She's flashing that round. She's got enough cash to have a party. She's got enough cash to, you know, buy in loads of flipping champagne and drink it all herself. Like, she is the wealthiest, <laughs> the wealthiest poor person I have ever met. Honestly, I swear to God, I wish I had her level of poverty. <laughs> I find it unbelievable, Martin Fowler, who... Bought Stacey like the best of the 90s CD, which I think would be a great CD, can I just say? Yeah. <laughs> and some paint to decorate the living room would end up buying that for Ruby because that's not Martin Fowler. Martin Fowler is that kind of person who would buy paint for someone's birthday yeah. and think that's a great present. <laughs> He's the typical like boyfriend who is a pleb. 
Like, that is what he is, isn't he? He's, like, a bit daft. He doesn't quite understand relationships and women. And, like, that's why we loved him. That's why we loved Martin. And now <laughs> he's gone. Why? <laughs> Pauline would be so ashamed of him. So ashamed. So Kat says that um, Ruby throws herself at anything in trousers. She did miss the part, though, where it has to be anything that's related to Stacey in some sort yes. of way. And, that's, that's <laughs> and um, well, Stacey blames it on Ruby's pathetic daddy issues because Johnny Allen saved the wrong daughter in a house fire. I mean, don't mince your words, Stacey. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all don't like her at the moment, but that's quite, that's quite brutal. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> Every time though, like, you know, like after Kat had said, she who shall not be named. Did you not just envision Ruby with like no nose and like bald exactly. skin? I did, I did. Bald. <laughs> I kept on envisioning what she would look like if she was Voldemort. It's Stacey, um, Harry Potter. Expelliarmus. I like to think that Stacey's not how posh, she's Dumbledore. Ooh. Someone who's who's even stronger than Voldemort. That's what I, that's what That I is think. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Because really, Harry only had one benefit, didn't he? And that was the fact that Voldemort had a piece of his soul in him. So by killing him, he was killing himself. I don't know why we went down this Harry Potter wormhole. <laughs> 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 <Back> on track. <laughs> oh, something that we did gain from this a um, little bit of a goss and bitch sesh that I loved. We found out, we we had confirmation of everything me and Emma said last week. Oh, we did. We accused Martin of not paying his child support. We did. What did Stacey say this week, Emma? Well, he needs to cough up some more money for it because he's not been paying enough if he's got that much money to pay for those bags. Exactly. I love it as well, because, like, he does not care about any of his kids at this point. No. Like, it's like, I want to take them out and be like a dad. But then at the same time, Ruby's, like, literally saying to Stacey, give us that cash now, or you are, like, out the square. That's the thing, like, Martin's affected by it. So I'm like, well, when you threaten to take his kids away, which Stacey does bring up, she's like, as soon as she goes with yes. the kids, he'll come running back to her. I wouldn't hold your hopes up, Stacey, because I don't know who this Martin is. Well, but yeah, that's not- true. This Martin just... Certainly- it's a totally different Martin. It's weird, isn't it? Do you think, like, you know, like, in the past when he got punched or whacked or something, do you think it caused some sort of, like, cerebral damage? Like, do you remember in the debt collecting days when he got really badly, like, he got into a big scrap and he got hurt really badly? Oh, when he was dangled off the bridge as well. Oh, when he got dangled? Yeah. I mean, there was lots of times he got beaten up and maybe some of that head trauma just... It just finally caused something to go wrong in him. Makes no sense why he's like this. Because he's like, I want to spend time with my kids. I only got 20 minutes with Hope. I haven't seen them in a year. Goes on holiday, doesn't turn up to Hope's birthday. Is happily <laughs> just going to let them like go away again because Ruby's going to drive them out the square. And I, Not I don't paying like, child I like, maintenance. I know, I love that. I love that he's all high made by his children, but like can't even be bothered to pay child maintenance. I mean, come on. Come on, man. You live across the road and are in a relationship and paid for by a millionaire. No, bankrupt. 
Sorry, sorry, she's bankrupt. Yes, I keep, I keep forgetting. She's terribly bankrupt, yet still has her house. We've never seen a bailiff to go round to hers yet, and everything seems to be going fine for Ruby despite being bankrupt. <laughs> so, after her rant about Ruby, she decides she's got to go looking. She's got to go searching for something. Think, precious, doesn't she? It's a quest. Quest to find Lily, who's disappeared and <laughs> running around the square. I love the parenting in his stand-up. It's just, it's just perfect, isn't it? Like one minute they're watching you work, the next they're gone. <laughs> so her first step, naturally, is to just go to where Martin always frequents. You know, I mean, he is head of security. Yes. Head of security at Ruby Allen's. Have we ever saw him actually do any security work recently? <laughs> and also, if they're a coffee shop now, do coffee shops need security? That is a very good question. <laughs> that is a very good question. Also, if they're a coffee shop, should they really be employing, like, a drug dealer? <laughs> like, what kind of coffee shop is this? This is a bit, right? This? this really confuses me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Vinny now suddenly... There's went from like their DJ to just working behind the bar, but there's been no reference to him suddenly working there. I just assumed I that, that he was working at the Minute Mart because obviously the Panazars bought that. Yeah, but no, he's working all... now. He's suddenly doing all the coffees and hot drinks at Ruby's. Yeah, yeah. But not so even dressed not in... up. They're not even dressed up for the occasion. Like He stood there right in a hoodie. The hoodie <laughs> that he wore when he smacked Martin over the head. But we're meant to believe it was Jags, all right. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love that, like, you would walk in there, right, and you'd be like, well, this is an odd coffee shop. I mean, it's got strobe lighting, like a nightclub. Yeah, it's always it's dark. It's got a DJ. <laughs> like, <laughs> all, the, all the bar staff seem to be just wearing whatever clothing they choose. Oh, and that's my drug dealer from down the road. <laughs> also, how good is security, right? So you've got Lily possibly missing in there and we do yeah. later find out she has let herself into the office you know because you know that. that wouldn't have a code on yeah <laughs> no we'd have keys or anything to that we've had Vinny before just let himself in and start playing on the decks we've had dotty selling drugs like ruby <laughs> you might need to look into this a bit more like i think i think you need to start looking into like security ruby <laughs> honestly also locking the door of the office that has like confidential oh, information yeah. and cash <laughs> anyone let yourself in <laughs> really she's pulling an insurance scam like every other week isn't she <laughs> that's how she's just getting her cash back like she's just not telling anyone <laughs> it's why she jumped at the chance when Vinny was like let's do an insurance scam she's like well I do one every other week so yeah why not <laughs> yes do you think this is a new term for you <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard of one. I do them all the time, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I adore it because then Stacy's Stacy's adventure, her search for her long lost daughter, Lily. <laughs> ends. It, it ends immediately. <laughs> she finds her by coming to Ruby's and sitting down having a drink. I mean, I love that. I love that. Like, that's how invested in searching for her missing child Stacey was. Let's have a sit down, have a drink. I love it. She didn't just have one glass either. She had a few glasses. She finished the whole bowl. And then she was like, yeah, I better be off. I need to see where Lil, Lil is. I was like. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's really sad about this whole scene? Man? 
because Ruby's like slagging her off, right? She's slagging her off. And then Stacy says something like, she is not made, but then like defends her against this like pestering bloke. Um, and then she offers Stace a drink. And they have like this moment where they talk about how like they were friends and things. And you're like, yes, Ruby, you were friends. Do you remember? Yeah, best friends. Stacy didn't end this friendship. You did. Like, come on. You are the one who ended this friendship when you shacked up, not once, but twice, with her ex-husband, who also at that point wasn't really even her ex. No? That's a bit that really annoyed me. She was like, you and Martin were well done before I looked at him. No, the, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. So, they were on the run together. Yeah, they were on the run together. And when... When Ruby first came back on the square, she was saying that she wanted a guy like Martin and she was jealous of Stacey. Exactly. And I don't care, right? If they were done, which they weren't, as we've said, they yes. were on the run together. He even dumped Sonia saying, no, he still loves Stacey, all this. And firstly, Ruby never checked on her at any point when she was on the run. Exactly. That's her like, closest, oldest friend. And also, if you're friends, I don't care. If she's not with her, with him anymore, you don't go make yourself known to him. Who would give up their friendship for a man? Who? That's shocking. Especially when you think of all their history together. I heard there's so much that, like, especially Stacey's done for Ruby, like, looking out for her. You can go uh, way back. Yeah. Like, when she first came to the square. Yeah. She lived with the Slayers for ages. It was, it's absolutely shocking. It's one of the worst portrayals of friendship I think we've ever seen on the square. Like, obviously, there are some some other bad bad portrayals, like Phil sleeping with Sharon when she was married to Grant. That's quite bad. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like Ruby has done nearly as bad. I think you'll find, actually, they just had to look at each other, Sharon and Phil, and their clothes just dropped off. It, just it wasn't off. an affair, all right? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> We're just looking at each other. One minute, we're just looking at each other. Next, we're ripping each other's clothes off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was not the case for Ruby. She basically was giving Martin the come-to-bed looks from the get-go. From her coming back. It's just so weird. And I loved when Stace was like, uh, when Ruby was like, we were best friends once. And then... um, She's like, well, I was your only friend. It's so true. <laughs> we say it every week and they try and push that Whitney and Ruby were friends. No, <laughs> it's always been Whitney and Stacey. Yeah, yeah. Whitney lived with the Slaters. Whitney lived with the Slaters. She never lived with Ruby. I mean, you know, Ruby's got so many friends. There's so many. Cherie, her hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, there's the... Who she sees every now and again. <laughs> like, I can't come on. She has no one. And then Stacy replies like, first Sean, then Max, now Martin. You always want what is mine. You're obsessed. That's what you are. <laughs> yes, baby, say this since movie began. We were like, it is weird that every single one of Ruby's exes somehow connects to, to Stace. Uh-huh. It'll be Karat Desperate. next. Oh, God, and also be desperate to get closer to him. Who is Trent? <laughs> I've never seen you this way before. I've never seen you this way before, Karat. There's just something about you. Oh, that's just... right. You slept with Stacey first. That must be what it is. <laughs> I, can, I can feel it radiating off you. The Stacey energy. <laughs> I mean, that man is fine, so we wouldn't mind. Oh, he's beautiful. 
I smile. Well, it's not that I find sexier than a businessman who also knows how to patch up a wound. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> About to go wow wow. <laughs> and then Ruby was like, well, at least I don't go pre- go around pretending to be you. Well, technically with what Stacey said, you can't do. You are. You are. You are now Martin's wife, which is what Stacey used to be. You like to pretend you're mouthy, which is what Stacey is. I mean, there is a lot of you trying to steal Stacey's identity here. Like... <laughs> You know, we're not catfish. Don't worry, we're not going to come after you. But there is a level of that. There and is a level. Ruby goes like from being really angry about being practically bankrupt. Oh, bankrupt. Yeah, I'll, to you took ad- all my money. <laughs> to admire an affront when it came to taking the money. Then, later on, gets angry again about it. <laughs> Consistency. <laughs> it's just such a beautiful word. Such a beautiful word that does not apply to Ruby Allen. <laughs> One minute, just like, you know, oh, we used to be best mates, but then you stole all my cash. But then again, I admire the front. Do you know how she's become? Michaela? Michaela she Kate? is. Or oh, Ash. Hates her family, oh, Ash, loves yeah, her family, hates her family, <laughs> loves her family, wants to protect yeah. her family, doesn't want to protect her family. She wants to be away from them. <laughs> Why do we do this? I love my family. I have to look after them. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love the bizarro consistency levels with Ruby's mentality. Like her her ability to switch from being enemies with Stacey to being best friends to being enemies again. Just perfect. Absolutely perfect. What is the switch that made Ruby just suddenly hate Stacey though? Like... It feels like it's much deeper than suddenly I taken the money because she was clearly angry before that and and to do what she does later on. What what's made her that evil in just a short space of time and hate Stacey that much? That's what I think's really odd because like it is like her it's almost like she doesn't think that her actions will be perceived as hateful as they are. But really, they are very hateful. There's a level of like the, you know, like the way that, you know, obviously Martin and Stacey were together for years, right? Now, if you want to say, right, you just fell in love with each other, right? Fair enough. It's not what happened, but fair enough. <laughs> like, you and Martin are in love. That's fine. But wouldn't you have some decency, some common decency, not to rub it in Stacey's face every five minutes? Yeah. And yet she does it all the time. Stacey comes to the door and is talking to Martin and she's like, well, you're not going to... Th- carry me over the threshold it's like she's took martin as a prize and she's like thrown it in yeah. her face all the time and i don't get why i don't get I'm it i'm trying to think of like what stacy did to her i'm like did stacy do something to her because this is really bad this the only thing that the the last time they saw each other before like stacy um and martin went on the run was that ruby was getting with max and they were mm-hmm. talking about that but I wouldn't say that was enough to end the friendship. It's weird, isn't it? It's literally like, she thinks that Stacey's in the wrong for taking her cash, which, fair enough, it's not right, okay? Like, we joke about it, but people shouldn't steal, okay? Like, it's not right. However, Ruby wronged Stacey first, and she just seems to think that's not wrong at all, what she's done with Martin. That is the father of Stacey's children. That's a bit I don't get. She's like, 
well, you've stole from me all this. And I'm like, you've also technically stole from her and you've done it first. (laughs) You've home wrecked. You've destroyed a home. Like, you literally have done that. This kid's kids involved as well. Exactly. And she seems to just not care. (laughs) My blood pressure, I'll have to get a check too. I was watching it and I was not, I was just not okay. I was getting angry and I was like, Emma, this is a soap. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) I mean, you know, me and Emma aren't spring chicks anymore. (laughs) We're, you know, we're we're from 1882. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got to be careful for blood pressure. (laughs) One minute. Ruby hates children, but as soon, as soon as Lily, like, let's slip what Stacey said. Oh, Ruby's, Ruby's ready now. She's ready to be a mother. She wants to be, wants to, in fact, rebirth Lily. She wants to rebirth Lily. Like, it's unreal. Also, Ruby, don't become that awful step-parent that, like, is hated by the ex. Do not become that. That's awful. Why would you want to become that? Where you like you play little games with like the kids. That's, that's a sick. bit that I think. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's a bit that's sick because she's like when Lily's ran off. So Stacy does what all the parents would do, right? That's it. Taking your tablet off you, Ruby. Well, I'll buy you a better one. With what money, Ruby? I thought you bankrupt. But she also changed her mind two minutes because before. <laughs> Was it two minutes? I like I was shutting you up. <laughs> I meant two minutes ago. <laughs> so two minutes ago, she was like, "No, you can't have a milkshake," um, because she wanted to go and get a chocolate one because the yeah. one Martin gave her she hated. And then suddenly it's like, "Lily is a delight. I love being a stepmother to her, and I'm going to buy her a better tablet." I mean, I do love again. This is another instance where Ruby is not looking at the wider impact of her actions. Mm -hmm. You know, she sat with Martin, got with him, didn't seem to care that his kids have gone without their father, that his wife is still, like, unaware of all of this. You don't get the kids involved in your games. That is just wrong. And that's that's the worst of it, because what is going to happen to Lily? She'll start Mm -hmm. to actually like Ruby. She will start, like Ruby, if someone's showering you with gifts and love, of course you will. But then she'll find out that this is just a game because Ruby's actually not interested in being a mother. So it's just shocking. I think it's like such a twisted sense of like wickedness that suddenly just infected Ruby. What's happened to her? Who's possessed her? <laughs> I feel like Nasty Nick's like infested her. <laughs> I'm going to get revenge on Martin Fowler for some I don't know why, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Every time we eat a nasty nigga, I just think like she's going to start writing people's names for nominations. <laughs> Big Brother. Oh, that was, a, that was such a good... That, you're playing a really nasty game. A really dirty game. I was like, you only wrote people's names down on a piece of paper. It's so funny. It. Back then, that's so dramatic. But like, if you think of what they do now. I, I loved it as well because he was pretending to be psychic. Do you remember? That he was claiming they would have dreams. <laughs> Who was going out? <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely going to be. It's definitely going to be you. It's definitely going to be you. That's Ruby. That's Ruby, is it? Wickedness. Wickedness for no good reason. That's what that is. Uh, she's yeah. writing Stacey's name on pieces of paper and sending it out to people. <laughs> Put them around. I've got, I'm, I've got a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
going to be you. We're all going to get turn against you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ruby, with all her mothering skills, manages to ruin what little friendship Stacey and her were just about to rebuild. And Stace tells her to stay away from her and stay away from her kids. And takes Lily, who is her daughter, and will probably have nothing to do with Ruby. So, yeah. And then we cut to... Ah! <laughs> so much posted a rat through the door of the slaters. How did they... Uh, did they get it off Donnie? Because, you know, she got yeah. cockroaches. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did they get off? She's just she's a, like a vermin supplier. She's like, what do you <gasps> want? I've, I've got your rats. You know, it would be perfect for that. The Panazars. Do you remember it when Jags be. used to go around? Yep. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Jags. Maybe that's his way of getting back at people for putting them in prison. <laughs> He's <laughs> so, sending them all around. He put it, he put the address down that they own, and obviously they own the Slaters. He forgot to put the actual one they're living in. There you go. You see, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's it is. I love, I love the idea that you know, like, call me old-fashioned, but when I think of like gangster threats, it's a horse's head in the bed. Like that's kind of what I imagine. How did the rat fit through the letterbox? Because rats are quite that big. Was, that was how. Were they like squishing it in? Like it's weird, isn't it? I also love that they've got one of those like letterbox like catcher things because yeah. I really want one of them. Oh, do you? Yeah, just because of COVID, I don't want to like pick anything oh, up. Oh, right. Oh, that's a good idea. Hands. Yeah. I was like, then my dogs don't run the risk of catching it as well. Ah, clever. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, someone poses a rat through the, the slater's <laughs> door. I mean, what more do we need to say about it? It's just weird. Who <laughs> did this? What kind of death threat is this? Are they offering to exterminate the vermin problem that we have outside? Or are they just threatening us? With more vermin. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't get it, though. Like, what what does that mean? What's the message yeah. behind it? There's no note with it. There's no note, like, you owe yeah. me or something like that. Yeah. Like, there's no chain mail style letter. It's just a rat yeah. in a bag. In a plastic they... bag? Did they buy it? Cast <laughs> 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 your free rat. Like, <laughs> Did they get it I from Suki? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, like, confused on the message as well. I'm like, what does it mean? Does it mean that rats are coming? But what, what's going to happen? What do we have to do to prevent this from happening? You haven't left instructions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing next? Are you not going to leave a clue? Like, am I meant to follow some some steps? What? Like, I don't get yeah. it. I don't get the message. Well, Stacey gets the message. She thinks it's directly, directly to her. And it's from Ruby Allen, the wannabe gangster. <laughs> Whilst Kush thinks it's for him because of his gambling and obviously he's just been on the phone to someone saying he owes them. What are our bets, you're wondering, aren't you? Mm, I'm going to put my bet on Ruby. I was also going to be putting my bet on Ruby because after what we see, what she does later on, mm. that just made us think, well, she's very capable of doing this too. And she didn't yeah. seem shocked by the rat. No, not at all. If someone dropped a rat, like, on a table next... I mean, this is what I love. Stacey charges over <laughs> to the Vic, right? She charges over to the Vic, hurls 
Hills are dead rat at <laughs> Ruby. And like if someone did that to me, I would have screamed. I would have would jumped run? off every seat. Especially if she goes, what's this? And she's like, a dead rat. I would be like, what? Ruby's like, <laughs> Why is this? well, it wasn't me. Oh, well, exactly. that makes that make me forget it was you. <laughs> exactly. And can I just say, I love that, you know, Martin goes on about not being able to see his kids, never see his kids. Mm-hmm. What's he doing today? Oh, that's right. Having a drink in the pub. Well, didn't you just come off a holiday? Surely you drank enough over there. <laughs> you work in a bar. Surely you drink there. Like, can't your kids have some time with you, Martin? Oh, wait. Oh, that's. Well, he does want that. He wants a film night, doesn't he? Stacy's not having it. Stacy's not having it. And I don't blame her. I don't blame her. He's a dreadful father at the minute. Like, dreadful. And then I'd be like, well, why can't I see my kids? Well, firstly, Martin, let's list the reasons. You don't pay your your maintenance. You ran off to get married to a woman that you've never even introduced your kids to and did so right before your daughter's birthday and right when they just moved back to the square. You then missed your daughter's birthday to go and have some sort of weird wedding party like that no one turned up to. No one turned up to. And to have sex with your Puritan wife, uh, <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> Husband. Wife. What are we going to come up? There's definitely no bow chicka wow wow. definitely not. Well, you we know, don't deserve that. <laughs> you just said, like, no one turned up at the party. Which makes it funny because Ruby has the cheek to say, well, it wasn't her. It could have been anyone because Stacy isn't popular. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have no friends. No one turned up to your party. Or mainly because it's in the middle of a pandemic. But <laughs> Yes, that, that too, Ruby. Very, very, very careless of you. Um, yeah, very weird that like she thinks that Stacy's the unpopular one. Stacy has all the men. Has numerous friends. Whitney um, was, you know, close with like numerous other people before they left. You know, <laughs> like, there's lots of other people who she's friends with. Let's pick a name that I can think of. <laughs> I love the justification, and it was just like, um, and <laughs> yeah, I froze my frame and blank. Well, let's be real. Stacey is friends with Max. Like, they yeah. are friends anyway. And she she's talks to on... quite a lot of different people. Like, she's bonded with people all the time. Like, Linda. Linda. She's... The has, she's had loads of friends. She has. Danielle, before she got hit by a car. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's friends with her before that happened. <laughs> Gailey. You know, their odd cousin. Before she left. <laughs> like... Alfie, <laughs> before he burnt Pat's face. <laughs> so, like, I've just been that she has had Kush? relationship. Oh, yeah, Kush. Um, you know, she's got had loads of other interactions. Ruby has had none. Honestly, I don't understand where this, where this, like, hatred for Stacey's come from. No. It's bizarre. But, but, Ruby reminds Stacey that she is the criminal. She's the criminal for stealing everything. Sorry, Ruby, didn't you just try and pull off an insurance scam that ended with your husband getting bludgeoned in the back of the head? Yes, 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 you did. Oh, and also, Ruby, all those thousands and millions that Stacey's apparently stolen from you, 
where, where did you make that money? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. From gangster dad, Johnny <laughs> Allen. I wonder where he got that cash from. Oh, you know what? I really I just don't know. He was an upstanding citizen. Such he a had good numerous, guy. Numerous legitimate businesses. I mean, there was drug dealing, there was killing people, there was knocking off other gangsters. I mean, surely she is not so delusional that she does not realise where her cash came from. It's blood money. It's blood money. <laughs> and she employs a drug dealer. Like, like, I'm sorry, who's the criminal? You know what confuses me? They always say about Ruby, they always go, oh, she's here because she's that relatable girl and that every girl can relate to. She's, she's just free and all this. I'm sorry, how can you relate to her? She's literally like getting someone to attack her best friend. She's marrying her <laughs> husband. How is she relatable? Yeah, it, it's like you said, she was relatable when she came in. She had all the makings of being relatable. You know, she was like a young girl um, embracing her own, like, you know, power as a woman and doing she whatever like she a, felt like. She... a strong businesswoman and yeah, you're carefree and like, totally got that i totally got when they were saying that with that image and now this i don't know how this is the same image how is she relatable she's betrayed her best friend it's like taking up the mantle of being a gangster but only in the sense that she's now using it to order hits out on stacy it's bizarre oh now when we when we said gangster ruby this is not what we intended not at all no not at all what we were envisioning is probably what they've given Ellie, you know, the, the rest yeah. of Gangster Granny. But That's also, probably what we were envisioning. It needed to be more gradual and also yeah. I really think it should have involved like people we don't really know that yes. uh, that Ruby doesn't have a connection with, not a best friend. It's so weird. It should have been, like you're saying, like it should have been it should have been a way to bring new characters in. Yeah. And for her to sort of begin to immerse herself in the, the lifestyle of a gangster. Yeah, and also, what, and also what about seeing, like, a past from, you know, when she left the square to coming back, like, there could be connect, yes. connections through that time and, like, that then that would also be believable because we'd be like, yeah, exactly. oh, so in a time she was actually doing that. That's interesting. It's, like, just such a... It's, like, such a confusing thing with her. It's, like, one minute she's, you know, not... Not a gangster. She completely disagrees with her father's, um, you know, behaviour. But she needs that money that he made from killing people and robbing them blind. <laughs> I can see where you've got the moral high ground, uh, you know, Ruby. can see. Makes total sense morally. Total sense. So Stacey still owes her money and she wants her first payment today because that's how it always goes down on the square. So it's today yeah. <laughs> or by today. the end of the week. If and you're it's a hundred grand. <laughs> Stacy gets a little idea when she sees a penny on the floor. So she barges over to Ruby's and she opens a bag of just one piece. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Can I just say, when I worked in um, a certain retail outlet, I will not name it, um, but when I worked there, there was this one man who would regularly pay with just bags and bags of pennies. I hate and that. it's what what made us think of as soon as I saw Stacey do it I was like god I don't get why people do it we're not one of those machines no they you know, just, the just tip their coins in why don't they it. just go to them 
<laughs> go to them first, then come to us. Exactly. They're in the flipping shop most of the time. <laughs> um, well, this bit's um, definitely my favourite scene of the week without with question. Ruby's like, well, um, if you want to play games, we'll play games, but you aren't going to win. And Stacey replies with the best reply. Oh, really, Johnny Allen Jr.? What are you going to do? Bore me to death? <laughs> I love it. Stacey is basically our mouthpiece, I feel. Yeah. I feel like she is just channeling all of the the vitriol that we send movies with. <laughs> we always said we were slaters. Yeah, we always said we could have been a star. <laughs> <laughs> we always said we could be a slater. Can I just say about this money stuff as well? Ruby's literally like demanding this cash, and Martin, who doesn't pay child support, is standing over there, doesn't say a word. You realise where the cash is coming from, don't you, Martin? It's coming from your children as well. Sorry, I just I'm really on a Martin hating situation at the minute. Like I just can't can't help it. Dark Martin does this to us. Dark Martin does this to me. I don't know what I'm going to do, Emma. It's like it's like I need rehab. <laughs> Speaking imagine, of. imagine if you went in and you were like, it's to do with movie. Yeah, yeah, imagine. A, my name's Connor and I'm an addict. I'm addicted. I'm addicted to hearing Dark Mart. My name's Emma and I'm addicted to hating the couple, Martin and Ruby. <laughs> and everyone's like, it's all right, it's all right. Where are you for you? Where are you for you? <laughs> I love it. So, speaking of Dark Martin, he rears his ugly head again, doesn't he? <laughs> Creeping round to the Slaters. Creeping round to the Slaters. And what does he do? What criminal activity does he do? Ah. I mean, debt collecting? Who does that anymore? It's all a child abduction now. What he kidnaps his kids. He kidnaps his kids because he... Um... So Stacey says you can't see them. She's not having them near that evil cow. Yeah, which is fair enough since she's playing games with flipping kids' lives. And then, so he's heard that from Stacey's mouth. He goes over, he checks that she's not in. Because she's like, uh, no, she's not. And he's like, oh, well, I've agreed with her. I'm allowed the kids tonight. We can have a movie night. And because she's like, now have you actually got permission of Stacey? And I'm like, yes, Kush. Team Slater over here. Yeah. And um, Martin lies. And he says yes, and he takes the kids. I mean, it is disgusting, isn't it? Like, what has Martin become? What has he become? He's lying now to his best friend, Mm -hmm. knowing that this will get him in trouble as well. But also, he's, like, not respecting Stacey's, like parenting at all pay your way martin and you will get to see your kids them's the rules love that's society oh my god <laughs> what happens every time dark Martin comes up look what happens to us i feel like my blood is boiling right now i know i think it's gonna Our get worse pressure, it's gonna get worse in a minute we're gonna be on dialysis soon <laughs> <laughs> martin kidnaps the kids takes them for a movie night um and I, I do love, because in his head, he'll justify this. I know what's going to happen. When it comes around to it, he'll justify that this is completely fine and legal. I think you'll find it's not legal. 
It's not legal at all. Stacey's their, their actual parent, the parent who looks after them. You co-parent. Cool you can't just turn up and take them whenever you feel like. Um, and I do love it because he will just be like, nothing's wrong, nothing's mm -hmm. wrong. Stacey comes barging down. She's like flipping hurricane, isn't she? She's absolutely she's furious. Furious. She's done. She's like, nah, this is enough. And before we saw this hooded figure and... You, you're led to believe this is for Kush because of all the stuff he's been saying, the gambling, the, the money he owes and stuff like that. And he's looking at him and you start to think, oh, well, because now a hooded figure is also after Stacey. So you think, oh, is this to do with Kush's gambling? Like he thinks because they both live there that maybe they're a couple or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stacey gets attacked and uh, we find out. It's all to do with Ruby. How evil is that? To get a man to come and hurt your friend like that? Would anyone like that? It's That's so disgusting. It's it's bad enough, right, that, like, it's a friend and that's, like, morally reprehensible. Like, it's just dreadful. But it's made even worse when you realise the context of Ruby and her story. Her story was about, like, you know, it began with men basically treating women like dirt um, and, you know, abusing them, right? That is that is her story. And her story is about triumphing over that. So what is she going to do? She hires a man to beat up a woman. Mm -hmm. I'm furious. Oh, that was it. That's it. She's oh, ir irredeemable now. Oh, absolutely. Like, Carol Jackson and I haven't got a look in now. She's... Nah, at least Carol didn't order a hit out. <laughs> True. <laughs> she just had a little dance. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> a little dance, a little drink every day. <laughs> That's it. Ruby's done now. That's it. I'm not giving yeah. her the time of day anymore. Done. And we won't forget this, Ruby. When you, you know, turn that corner, when you decide you're actually good, Ruby, we will not forget this. Ask Doc Martin. We have never forgotten. We have never forgotten that. <sighs> I have to check myself in soon, I think, Emma. I think check I will too. <laughs> Is there like a place for EastEnders addicts that we can go? <laughs> I mean, I know we hear on the story, but like, let's be real. We also love it at the same time. We absolutely adore all of this madness because it's what we get to laugh about. Yeah, you're giving us content. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> Speaking of uh, content. Oh, well. <laughs> Where do we begin with this, Emma? Without getting hot and flustered. Oh, I don't know. The, well, the, night, the night in shining armor is on his way. Oh. I mean, Karat really is kind of becoming the square's local knight in shining armor, isn't he? He's like, <laughs> he sort of like turns up when women need him and helps them out. And you just want him to rip off his shirt and, you know, just, just take you away from all of the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Just take you away from all this awful Dark Martin stuff. <laughs> that's what he does, doesn't he? Oh, pretty he much. Yeah. And he uh, takes it back to his place. It's just around the corner, you know. I loved it how he went from going to the hospital, bearing in mind, like, we know what it's like there. They've got no security. Yeah. They let anyone in anywhere. So it's probably best not to go. <laughs> yeah. But he goes from the seriousness of hospital to my office. <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, I love it. <laughs> Turns out, Karat, a bit like what Dermot was, oh. might be, might be, you know, in a different profession at the moment, but could have been a doctor, you know, 
because he patched her up, sorted her out perfectly. Well, he's learned a few things from Ash because, you know, she's a doctor, even though you never see her go to work ever. She's always hanging around the bars. <laughs> Do you actually remember when she used to actually have scenes in, in the hospital? That one? Yeah, never seen her since <laughs> being a doctor. <laughs> even then, because Suki needed to get her on board to help them because um, it was during the gene thing. I was thinking, yeah. have you not brought her in and this is just all a lie to get everyone home? <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> so Karat, using his medical know-how, he helps Stace Disney. He does. Then they have a bit of a drink together. They start talking. They start flirting a bit. They do. Back and forth. They talk about how Stacey loves Martin. And then how Martin reminded her of Bradley and she talks about Bradley and how he was so sweet and he was a bit of a geek and how much she loved him and then how he died. But don't worry. There's new men on the horizon. New men. One of them. <laughs> I love how he went from you really need to go to hospital. It's really, really bad to I can help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want some pain relief? The doctor is in. <laughs> Wow, wow. I mean, was it was it really funny when you looked at it? Because actually, their scene was actually quite sexy. Like it was like sex, yeah. sexually arousing. Like they had all the kind of like, <laughs> the, the, you know, like the sexy talk, the build up to it. Like Martin and Ruby's, it was husband, wife, <laughs> and then just dropped the pants. Like not sexy at all. Karat, Stacy, they're like looking in each other's eyes. Oh, his smile. Flirt. He's smiling at her. She's like saying that, you know, because Karat says he's jealous of of, of Martin. Um, you know, all these women wanting Martin. What's Martin car? And she's like, I'm sure you get all the girls. He's like, like you know, like and it's all that kind of like back and forth. Blurred. So that tension being built up, and then she's like, Well, let's crash and burn. And I was like, Oh my god! One night only. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope it's not just for one night only. <laughs> Oh. What a I man, what a everyone. man, what a mighty good man. <laughs> I ship everyone. Look, I ship everyone. And let's be real, me and Emma have always said that Karat was good looking. So oh, yeah. any chance we get to see him strut his stuff, take that shirt off perhaps, <laughs> we're here for it. Keep it up, Stacey. <laughs> Listen, lockdown has made me and Emma very thirsty. We can't help it. We had a goodbye this week. We did. Yep, that's right. Uh, Habiba went to Jags's court hearing. Um, she wanted to see if Ash was going. Ash wasn't going. Um, so the man that Habiba loves is going down for four years for something he didn't do. Shocking. Shocking. All I can say is I stand by Habiba, I think. We need to free this Jaguar and the fact that Ash has helped put him down, well, just makes her disgusting. Just makes her evil. Just say the rest of them. You know what makes her more weird and evil? That during this trial, she just heads to the bar and like starts... What um, does Ash do? Speaking to Peter about like how they hate their, how they hate their families. Cause, you oh, know, they've got, got that in common. Yeah. Although she's currently protecting them, she also hates them. Yeah. Why do we do it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're a sociopath. Like, it's flipping weird that you were basically just letting your, like, younger brother 
go down for a crime he didn't commit. A younger brother who, by the way, is actually decent and doesn't commit crime. The other one is the criminal. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit okay. They're still sending one down. Surely the they wanted to protect Vinny, they just would protect everyone. You wouldn't go, yeah. I'll swap you out for you. <laughs> yeah, Vinny wouldn't survive in jail. Oh, but Jags can. Oh, apparently, apparently, according to Suki, it'll be the making of Jags. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It worked out so well for Ben. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Emotionally, mentally scarred for years. <laughs> yes, perfect. Made him a man. <laughs> so there's clearly something going to happen between Ash and Peter because they give each other a oh. look, he buys her a drink, and I mean, I'm not here for it. I mean, nothing turns Ash on. Like Peter talking about being a deadbeat dad, wanting to try and make his son proud of him. A son he never sees, by the way. Never sees. Oh, yeah, but he's the Martin. <laughs> he's another one? What is it about the Beals and the Fowlers not paying their blooming child support? <laughs> Cush does it every week. <laughs> Cush is a good man. And he's I am a good so man, sad he's leaving. Why is he leaving? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, four years. Habiba hates that family. She wants Ash to move out. Ikra just can't decide what to do. She can't choose. She, <laughs> Habiba's like, it's Ash or me. Then... That's it, Habiba's gone, she's in the taxi and off she goes. So for the Beals, the week starts with Max asking Ian for some money. And someone else is asking Ian for money. And it's 27-year-old Peter Beale asking for his pocket money. I mean, you know the word man-child? Like, that was invented for someone like that, I feel like. I feel like that behaviour is very man-childish because then he has the cheek to be going on at Ian like for his dodgy business practices and stuff and being like, well, when are you ever going to grow up? Well, Peter, you've got a child and a wife that you never see, you never see, never look after, never give any cash towards. They're just off somewhere else. You're 27 and you have an allowance. Sorry, who needs to grow up again? I mean... (laughs) That man is fine, but, like, let's be real. Let's be real. He's a deadbeat. He's a deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, the looks he's got going for him, the um, whole allowance thing kind of puts you off. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you, you go on a date with him, he's, uh, they're like, so what do you do? Well, my dad pays me £20 a week. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this, imagine is, this is not me, Dad. Can't go out tonight. Um, I haven't had me allowance. You'd be you like, sorry... You said 27? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> yeah, immediately swipe the other way. <laughs> <laughs> what does he put down as his career? Does he put fitness advisor, health coach, or whatever the heck he was doing that when he first came back? Barman? Or does he put down allowance? e and allowance? <laughs> I like, don't what know. is his job? But I don't understand why he's not doing the fitness anymore because we haven't seen him do that. And actually, in the current climate, you can still do that. Yes. You probably would make a profit as well because people have put on weight through yeah. lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just one of those storylines that disappeared. Love <laughs> <Lost> them. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kathy is uh, on a date nap. She gets a bit upset though. Turns out a date is called Ian as well. I love when Sharon like says well it's not a problem until you're in the throes of passion (laughs) meaning like 
can you imagine you're screaming out Ian's name? Ah! And that's awful, isn't it? <laughs> Ian. Ian. And Ian's like, what? Yeah, and Ian's you want like, a tea, ma'am? <laughs> what you want, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> Is it time for me allowance? <laughs> hey, that's what I'm thinking. I bet Kathy gives Ian an allowance and Ian gives Peter an allowance. I mean, it's a bit weird this week. I feel like Ian was like Kathy's baby last week and the week before. And then like now it's like Peter's Ian's baby again. Yeah. <laughs> he's like being for, for Peter as if he's like a child. And everyone's yeah, just you... totally ignoring Bobby and his um, OCD. Oh, yeah. No one cares about poor Bobby losing his mind, by the way. Also, it's kind of a weird that like they fused his OCD storyline with COVID. Because actually, I feel like Bobby is being sensible when he's like, don't go on that day, Grandma. You don't know him. Two households mixing. He could have COVID. That's quite a sensible piece of advice. Yeah, that is actually quite sensible. But everyone laughs at him. <laughs> they all treat him like he's well, crazy. because we know they don't follow the the rules very well in Walford. Look at Max. He gets his way. He's a super spreader. He, he's a super spreader, him. Can I just say as well, I feel so sorry for our little COVID marshal. He is fighting a losing battle here. Yes, he has Tina, who's also, you know, trying to make sure people disinfect them tables properly. But let's be real. He is fighting a losing battle. The hospital doesn't even have cleanliness. The flipping Slate has barely scrubbed that floor. <laughs> barely scrubbed that floor. I mean, come on. Come on. Lily's coughing all over everything. <laughs> hey, we don't stand a chance here. And Sharon's ill, but still working. Eh! <laughs> It's like, don't worry, it's not it's nothing to worry about, it's just a bug. Yeah, but go and get tested, Sharon. Get tested, maybe. Because that is exactly the mentality that all the spreaders <laughs> have had. Nah, it's fine. I'm gonna go to a wedding of five hundred people. Like <laughs> Meanwhile, COVID spikes. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's not forget Ruby and a party as well. Yeah, I know. And a holiday. They're and a holiday, yeah, after. not quarantining, uh-huh. Yeah, oh yeah. They're not, they're the worst them in Walford. That's the reason we're seeing the rise in cases. Uh huh. I swear. Poor, poor, poor Bobby. Poor, poor Bobby. Bobby. So, Kathy's got a hot day, doesn't she? Oh, and he's only 43. 43? She's got to have a tie boy. Got to have a tie boy. And why would that be? Oh, that'd be because, um, well, Peter's lowered her age because she doesn't look her act age and well she looks more like she's 45. I'm so glad they referenced that though because we all say she's so youthful. <laughs> I mean she does look so youthful like that actress whatever whatever she's doing keep it up your skin is absolutely flawless. Oh I know. How does she do it? I literally look I've got crow's feet on the side of my flipping head and I'm like 27. How does she not? <laughs> How does she not have creases in her forehead? <laughs> Come on. To be fair, we're always ID'd. That's true. I will say this. She is a very young looking grandma. <laughs> I mean, to me, <laughs> to me, my grandparents were always elderly and everyone else's was 57. <laughs> Honestly, you know when they said that at age, that he'd not I was age like, down. please be 57. I was like, please be 57. Because <laughs> then we could say, 57 was my nan. 57 was P.S. nan. 
Shame they didn't do that. <laughs> still find a way to bring it in, though. Oh, well, they're not feeding our addiction now. It's just not fair. I still stand by that's the greatest <laughs> like that's ever said. <laughs> was me then. <laughs> young, young Nan. <laughs> oh, so yes, um, Kathy's rightfully a little bit nervous and a little bit shocked that Pete has put her age at forty-five. I mean, she says herself, "You've knocked off a quarter of a century." <laughs> but I mean, you do look good, Kathy. But I would believe 45 more than I would believe 70. I would think she's more likely catfishing at 70. Yeah. Do you know, if I had to give her it a max of what I would say her age was, 50. Yeah. That same. would be my absolute max. You cannot say she looks above 50. No. For her age, she looks good. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So she decides, all right, let's do a little bit of catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> Getting even, Max. Oh, yeah. So she gets herself dolled up. She gets herself dolled up. Not that she needs much. Not that she needs much. She gets herself dolled up and she goes to say Ian, doesn't she? Not her son. No, the boyfriend. other Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Ian with an eye. Ian, ex- Ian with another eye. <laughs> it's the way they keep going, Ian with an eye. And I'm like, well, Ian spelt with an eye. Do you not yeah. mean Ian with the extra eye? But then that yeah. sounds really weird. It makes it sound like he's got a third eye. He's <laughs> <laughs> got his forehead somewhere. So I'm like, yeah, Ian with the extra eye that's on his chest. <laughs> it's when they're all going, Ian with an eye. And I was like, well, how else do you spell Ian? <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, they're just like, Ian with an eye, because he's just a cyclops. He's just got one eye. <laughs> you know, he grew up in Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> so... On the date, Ian with an extra eye decides to tell Kathy that he's into all the old school music. And do you know what? If he was trying to make us all feel old, he flipping succeeded. He did. Because he was like, Yeah, a bit of daft punk. I'm like, that's your old music. <laughs> that was I was like, like flipping heck. I've been to like <laughs> Culture Club and like <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> I was thinking he was gonna go like really old i was like well daft punk had get lucky out like like not that yeah, long ago in my year. eyes <laughs> i love you last year <laughs> i know it's not <laughs> but like yeah like it was only like what like five years ago or something yeah. that they had that song i mean that's not old like i listen to bonnie tyler <laughs> i listen to i listen to sam fox i listen to you know ah oh, touch me i want to be your body oh. <laughs> Do you remember Sam Fox? Bless her. <laughs> Do you remember when she was on that TV show and she was really drunk? Oh, I love that! Love that. Sarah, it's the, the club. The club. In the club. Can Ruby not hold like her own version of the club and she could stop being a gangster and she could do that and they can have different people <laughs> from the square do this, do the club. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you too young to remember the club, it was an ITV reality TV show where. Like, I'm fairly certain the other two contestants weren't famous at all. No, I don't even remember Sam. They were just like ordinary people, right? And then you had Sam Fox, <laughs> and they were all competing to run in that club. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just hysterical. I always remember when she's dressed up as that vampire, she's drunk, and she's basically saying that that man has a small, a small you-know-what. Yeah. And she said, I'm not drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not drunk, slurring her words. <laughs> 
Oh, I love Sam Fox. <laughs> you know, yeah, Ruby could to get money because she's bankrupt. She could yeah. sell the club, but to own the club, people have to do like <laughs> all whatever they were doing on the club, and they could yeah. bring it back. <laughs> Sam Fox has to come on, and we just have to have Sam. Vampire. Yeah, we just have to have Sam Fox as a vampire for the hell of it. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Oh. oh, speaking of old shows, I don't know why this just popped in my head right now, but I really miss Holiday Showdown. Oh, I loved Holiday Showdown. One of the best that TV shows. How old are we? Now? <laughs> <laughs> I used to love when they would go to complete polar opposite places. Oh. It was like wife swap, but holidays. It was beautiful. It was fabulous. We are literally ancient, though, Emma. I've realised that between Ian suggesting his music and me going, wow, my musical taste is even older than his, and he's like, <laughs> 45 or something like i realize i think i think we just need to get our lanterns out emma we do I just think we have to get out them lanterns and accept that we're old inside <laughs> <laughs> we're the oldest basically we're young but even when we were 12 we loved holiday showdown <laughs> <laughs> we were about 12 honestly 12 years old and we loved shows like holiday showdown um deal on no deal <laughs> oh remember when we'd all wait for someone to get that quarter of a million and then it just kind of fizzled out because you'd seen someone win it yeah they'd actually got it that's true yeah, yeah. do you remember who wants to be a millionaire as well that was a classic <gasps> the coffin the cheetah? i love that one <laughs> <laughs> Can't be doing that now. <laughs> I know, she could do that now. They'll be like, get out of here! <laughs> Quarantine! <laughs> We've got a cold red! <laughs> <laughs> Have you been abroad anywhere lately? <laughs> do you think we would be in the Guinness Book of Records for the oldest, youngest people? I think so. Like the oldest in mind, but yeah. the youngest in body. I think, yeah. I think we probably could get that. Yeah. I just think, like, that Ian is like... Nowhere near old enough to be saying he's old because I'm just like, he mean Emma. We watch things like flipping, you know, um, a place in the sun. Oh, I love that. He he doesn't. He doesn't. So how old <laughs> does that make us? I love it though because they always go on a place in the sun. They go somewhere just to have a holiday because they never ever go Something and buy more. anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. You always go. This is the one. Then afterwards, of course, <laughs> they didn't end up buying the property. In the end. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> and I love having a nosy around the house. It's like an escape to the country as well. And you're like, Ooh. I love escape to the country. Ah, <gasps> <gasps> oh, love the wild card. I love. Oh the- yes. I love how our like a twenty podcast always goes off on these tangents. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Like I really, I don't know why I'm doing Donald Trump's hands as I'm saying that. Like, gonna be the greatest, the greatest a twenty you've ever heard. <laughs> We're gonna build a podcast that only we can. S- can talk in. Can <laughs> 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 build a podcast to keep everyone out. <laughs> oh, let's hope he loses. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. Eh? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Kathy. Well, she decides to talk about a bit about her life with him, doesn't she? I mean, she admits a, just a few small details like. Ian, entirely. She admits <laughs> that she has an adult son. Um, Cold decides to Peter, yeah. Yeah, I loved when she said Peter because it was like, oh, wow, you had him very young. <laughs> yeah, well, not really. How, how no? young would that have made her? Like, he's... she's 45, he's 27. Oh, wait, maybe. Oh, yeah, I was thinking she said 50. Yeah. But that's because <laughs> I was thinking of 57. <laughs> 
57 must be nan. 57 must have just been my nan. <laughs> yeah, how would that have made her? So, 45. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would have... Well, no, not that not that, that old. Really. See how long this has taken us because we're terrible at maths. We're dreadful at maths. Like, that would just make her 18, wouldn't it? Sure. Check on the calculator. Yeah, well, calculator, Emma. So what is it? She said 45? Yeah, minus 27. 18? Yeah, I think it's not that bad. I mean, the way he said it, it was as if she was like 13 or 12. So yes, uh, things get a bit awkward for Cathy, doesn't it? When she's trying to rearrange the facts of her life, including Peter, who's now her son, 27. Yeah, um, doesn't mention Bobby. So Bobby's disappeared into the ether. Just to mention Ian, he's disappeared. Oh, Ben. All of oh, yes, actual that's ch- true. All the actual children, nah, never come up. And Ben's younger than Peter, so why did you not mention Ben? Yeah. That would have made more sense, because actually that's also the truth. Yeah. Eeh, weird. <laughs> Seems like Very she's, weird. She's totally forgot about Ben. You never hear her talk about Ben, see Ben, anything. <laughs> no, do you remember when she was really invested in his life, like to the point where she was trying to like, mother him? before like all before covid right before christmas during all of like the the martin dark martin stuff like she was trying to mother him quite a lot around that time and rightly so ben was kind of put off by that because <laughs> like, he was like well where were you when you were faking your death <laughs> like, <laughs> like come on so yeah ever since then she seems to have just stopped with ben and then a uh, tragedy strikes her story's ruined isn't it all from a fall. Oh, she had a lot of drink, so falls down the stairs. Ash to the rescue, dead quickly. How she got out of the Prince Albert and saw that, and that that was amazing. I um, mean, she's clearly now coming for Dr. Son's job, and I'm sorry, you no, could not have it. I'm not. Not having that. That's our son's job, and it will Dr. always Son. be. Dr. Son, Dr. Son, calling Dr. Son. That's what they should have just said. They should have just went... Dr. Son, Dr. Son, call calling Dr. Dr. Son. <laughs> and she would have appeared. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. No, I missed I it. I missed that. it. They see her and Peter forgetting this whole age story, this whole new story that they've got going on. Uh, he says, Gran. <laughs> but remember, sorry, that's just a little nickname they have for each other. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> it's just- just another one of those little moments where it's like never too Taylor, never too. Like, <laughs> yeah, never too know. old, never too Taylor. I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> I, I still don't know. Like, what is never too Taylor? Like, <laughs> is nothing too tailored for you? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery, Emma. But yeah, so between Ash and Peter, Kathy's date's ruined. But Peter has other pressing issues. Well, I think he's just found out that Ian might have remortgaged the cafe. Really? I just thought that was Ian's allowance given to him by Cathy. <laughs> I love how Peter has so many morals, right? He's like, you're stealing off Nan! And then, Peter, and then as soon as Ian says, I can give you <laughs> some of your allowance back, Peter's morals fly out the window again. I did like that. Yeah. It's a, what was that? <laughs> oh, he's putting the money back in my bank account. Okay, yeah. Yeah, That's who fine. cares about my grandma? 
So, we found out everything about Ellie, haven't we? Well, she did a run out with sleeping Raymond. Bill can't stop thinking about his boy. And she's took five grand. What is with five grand being the new the new 100 grand? I know, and then she upped it to 150. I was like... Yeah, I know. It's like, excuse me, Ellie. That's, uh, not, that's not the rules. You can tell she's a newcomer. She hasn't got she it is. down yet. Yeah. I mean, I did love when Callum does his digging. You know, he does his digging. Does some of his corrupt police work. Poor <laughs> Jack, he's lost that now he's as well. He's lost the role, that's it. That's why he's, he's still so her. angry and he's like having a go at him all the time. Yeah. He's, he's that's just, my job, Callum. That's so my happy. job. That's his job. And it's gone. <laughs> He's now back to intern. <laughs> and to be fair, actually, Callum's doing a, a pretty good job at being a corrupt police officer. He really he? is. He's really <laughs> threw himself into that role. He has, hasn't he? Really, really ravishing it. He's really, really enthused. He's like, <laughs> you know, going onto other people's accounts and stuff. He's looking up gangster grannies. Because that is exactly what Ellie is. Yes, we all said she was a bit weird how she just let anyone flip and sit with Raymond and buy him things. <laughs> Well, it turns out she's technically not as, uh, you know, grandmotherly as we were led to believe. She doesn't care about uh, Raymond's well-being after all. I love how the DI also knows her as well as Phil. And, like, he wants to spend all of his time searching, like, these two and trying to get these two, like, put in prison and stuff. There's, like, major, major criminals out there. And he thinks Phil Mitchell... Is a bad man, yeah. so he just wants to sort this out. Like serial killers, no one cares. No one. All these people out there, no one cares. Just Phil Mitchell, now, he's a bad man. The Panasars have got a racketeering flipping operation going on where they are collecting debts illegally. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's like unbelievable that they don't even once look that way. Also, that DI, like, he's obsessed with Phil at this moment, right? But says it himself. Ellie is like this big time gangster. Yeah. Why wouldn't he want her instead? <laughs> but he wants to use her to get the fill. It's weird, isn't it? Well, I have a theory on why that is, but we'll come back to that. Come back to that. Because I have a few things to say about this DI as well before we get to that. <laughs> so he mentions Ellie Nixon, because that's her real name. She's been using Ellie. Yes. Dawson or whatever it is. Dawkins, yeah. That's Dawkins, a bit that confused me. It. My favourite bit is. He goes, yeah, she's been using her son's name to get away with things and, you know, keep uh, keep one step ahead of her. Then how how do you know that she's been doing that then? Yeah, I don't how get do it. You, you know her name. You've just said her name. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also seems to know her phone number, her flipping address, <laughs> all this information. Yeah, she's pulled a fast one over us by changing her surname. I love it. He's like... No, I can't catch her, even though I've got, like, every single detail about her. <laughs> Turns out, though, doesn't Emma, the reason why he knows so much about her is because that car accident, well, that wasn't an accident. <gasps> it was a professional hit job, and I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> but we saw this week that Ruby's not above using children <laughs> and hiring hits. So... I don't know. Maybe her and Ruby had a feud. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and so Callum, with all this information, is rightfully shocked, horrified, 
is very worried for Ben's younger brother, so goes to Phil with all this information. I love when he just ran into the house and just started talking about him. Ben's like, I don't want my dad to know. Know what? Even though Phil's been there the whole time. (laughs) I love it. It's the best. It's the classic EastEnders scene of it, where they tell a terrible secret that no one can hear. Meanwhile, the person who can't hear it stood right beside them. Remember Mel, when Sharon, (laughs) Sharon and Keanu tried to keep their affair secret, they're holding hands under the table. (laughs) I just love in any TV show, it's like every single TV show, they just close the door and like no one can hear. But as soon as it's slightly open, they hear everything. They're there. (laughs) (laughs) So Phil phones Ellie Nixon. And demands a meeting. Okay. Oh, mind you, she's a bit scary, Ellie, isn't she? She's definitely got the gangster vibe going for her. Like she comes in and she's like, "You're lucky I'm here at all. <laughs> Your five grand bought you five minutes." And then, like, she sits down and she's like, straight away threatening like Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's like, she's saying like, um, all this stuff, and then she's like, "I'll sell them to you." 150 oh, yes. grand. Is that all your grandson's worth? 150 grand. I love it. I love how she goes, I'm not going to rape my better off with a pack of wolves than yeah. you. And she's like, Your parenting. Den- what happened to little Dennis Watts? He died. What happened to, you know, uh, Louise? She left the country. Ben, nearly permanently deafened. She's nearly. like, oh yeah, but you'll be bad with you. You're you you lot. You're terrible. You'll never be able to look after him. But I'll sell him to you for one hundred and fifty grand. I love it because it's like it's like Aunt Babe's baby farm stories gone. They've been given to, to Ellie. Imagine if she worked with her back in the day. <laughs> if all of a sudden Aunt Babe just goes, "Good job." I would love it. Be it's behind behind the door, like, "Good job, yeah. Ellie." Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got it. Criminals off the street. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil goes to his safe. He only gets 80 grand out though. So I'm like, oh God. Love so, how that safe's always got cash in. Always. It's always full. Always. Except when someone else needs to be in that safe, then it's empty. How convenient. It's like he knows. <laughs> so they go back to the archers and, well, she's going to move that price up because she's realised her grandson, her grandson is worth a bit more than that. 250 grand now. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it goes up 100 grand every, every time that she's like, you know, decided actually, he, he, he is quite cute, so I might keep it. I might put the price up a bit. The and... way he sleeps, that's a steal, that. <laughs> never hear a peep out of him. Perfect child. <laughs> <laughs> He's never awake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get them like that anymore. That That's going to cost you an extra 100 grand. I did laugh when Ben was telling them, like, no, don't pay her until you've yeah. got Raymond. Because, yeah, that makes yeah. total sense. sense. Like, don't just hand over the money. Look what happened last time. And then um, she's like, is that why someone shot him? Was it to shut him up? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. She's actually quite gangstery. Like, it's quite... We're not used to this. Because normally we get Danny Hardcastle who just comes in and goes, all right, check in. We've actually got her who's just yeah. like, no messing around. She's just like, I can see why someone shot him. <laughs> now, okay. she is a gangster I want on the square. Danny is yeah. not a gangster I want on the square. Swap yeah. them. Let's keep Ellie and get rid of Danny. Yeah. 
She's full of the one-liners. She actually is like, nah, okay, ruthless. I mean, she's going to sell her own grandson. I, know, I love that. just love the sound of her grandson. <laughs> no, you can't have him. He's precious to me. He's the only family I've got. I'll sell you for 250 though. <laughs> oh, see, don't make grandmother say that anymore, do they? Well, my you know, grand, my grandma's 57. 57. <laughs> hey, we found out this grand, she was 55. I know not far off, so oh. really, really could say my nan was always 57. I was good at they couldn't have just put it up just slightly. No. God. I was like, it's two oh. digits. Come on, man. In the future, Raymond would just grow up, sit in the Vic and say, 57 is mine. <laughs> that would be his excuse for cheating on someone. Yeah. <laughs> Doing anything, anything bad. Well, yeah. 57 was always mine, man. Why did you burn the Vic down? Well, 57 was always my name. I just think it's like so funny the way that like Ben comes in to try and be the voice of reason. Phil finally backs down and like it all seems like, yes, it's rational time. Then Phil's like, you want a war? Well, you've got a war. Oh yeah, that'll help you get Raymond. <laughs> Threaten the scary gangster. That'll help. And then we'll go and find out from the DI that the reason he hates Phil because he's a bad man. And he uh, also had a friend who got um, in with the Mitchells once and that um, they like properly ruined the whole of her life. And I wonder who that police officer is, Emma. Could it be Kate? <gasps> I would love Kate to come back. Oh, Geordie legend. I know. This is my theory, right? That the D.I., may have been either, like, a f- not just a friend, but someone who was either in a relationship with Kate or wanted to be in a relationship with Kate. Like, he fancied our or oh, had well, feelings for her in some way. Judging by him, he would always just let on. Yeah, he can't. You can yeah. tell. He's got the edgy look. He does. And, like, I feel like if that's the case, this story makes a lot more sense on why he's so diehard against Phil. Because mm. if someone took... If a criminal managed to take the woman you loved or fancied or something, you would be furious, wouldn't you? If you're like a, an upstanding police officer at that point, you would do anything. Yeah, because he's never really gave a reason other than he's a bad man. Well, at least that would make sense. Yeah. And also, I, I'll give I mean, anything. I'm just holding out hope, yeah. I know. Anything to see Kate back on the square. If they recast her, though, I would not, oh, I would no. not be happy. I would no. no. You don't. Has to be Jill Halfpenny. Got to be Jill Halfpenny. She's a legend. She's a PR legend. Iconic. I don't... I just want her back. And then when you... Chrissy as well, because I love Chrissy <gasps> Watts. And then you have Take to... Take a look at your best feature, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bring Chrissy back then, just so they can feud again. Do you want to put your cut her hair? Oh, oh I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you must have had fun running around with this man, with this married man. Well, not really. Yeah, but it was fun, wasn't it? You enjoyed it, didn't you? <laughs> you love it. She doesn't, doesn't clock on that Chrissy's nose at all. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil, though, he's decided he's going to do it the proper way. He's going to do it the proper way. The only problem is, is that there's no way that he'll be given custody because of all his criminal connections and ties. And, well... Jack seems to be on a mission of his own. <laughs> Trying to get Phil arrested with no evidence. And even the dodgy DI doesn't think he's got a chance of getting it in. There's no evidence. And as he says, why has he waited this long? 
just he's vendetta against the Mitchells doesn't make sense because his kids are Mitchells. He it has been no married sense. to a Mitchell. He has been in relationships with Mitchells. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> I just love it as well because then the DI's like, well, you could get in more trouble for like perverting the course of justice for not reporting this. <laughs> Badgen <laughs> ruins his entire career. But Phil needs Denise. He needs Denise on side because that's the only way that they can save Raymond from evil gangster granny Ellie. So he goes round to save them, which I flipping love because five minutes before that, Jack's like, Phil Mitchell, he knows to stay clear. He's not coming around here. Not going to bother you again. Knock, 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 knock. knock. <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's me. I need to speak to you, Denise. <laughs> I love it. And then he barges in. Jack is powerless as usual. <laughs> like, can't do anything. Um, I really feel for Jack. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not sure that you're helping in any of these situations now. <laughs> Things are just getting worse, Jack. Phil and his lawyer, who's randomly walked into the house as well, decides Denise is their only hope. They're going to convince her. They've got to get her on side. They've got to appeal to her motherly instincts. And Denise agrees. Much to Jack's dismay. It's time for this week's Slapping Jan. And no surprises, it's going to Ruby. Yeah, I mean, what more do we need to say other than what we've already said? Now it's time for our hero of the week. And our hero is... Karat! I mean, Karat is like becoming like the knight in shining armor for everyone on the square, and I just love it. He can save <laughs> us any day, can't he? Oh, please do. As Karat was our hero of the week, we will be rating this week out of Karats, and we're going to give this week 4.5 Karats. I mean, I would love 4.5 karats any day. <laughs> so I think I think that's great. Um, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't mind five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Double it even. That's a ten. <laughs> I think this week has had everything. It's had all of the movie drama. We live to rant about Dark Martin and Ruby. Um, and Queen Stacey, obviously. We love oh, to support and- her. We love any scene with Stacey and we're addicted to those. Like, we actually think we might have a problem. Please um, get in touch if you know any support groups that specialise in this. Um, and even just, like, the other characters, like Lily and loved Gangster Granny and stuff. Like, all of that was great. It was a really top week. And, I mean, Peter's allowance was, was just great, wasn't it? And Kathy's oh, date. It was just a great week. Duh. Welcome to A20's match game, the spectacular special. In the spirit of Halloween and all things scary, we decided, Emma and myself, to do a special match game just for you guys. So as usual, I will be asking Emma a series of questions and it's her job to try and match her answers with the answers I've already wrote down. So, 
without further ado, let's begin. Question number one, Emma. People say if you say Candyman five times in the mirror, he will appear and kill you. But when Kat said Lance Byrne five times in the mirror, what do you think happened? <laughs> Love you, boy. <laughs> Correct! <laughs> Lance appeared and said, Love you, boy. <laughs> Question number two, Emma. If Freddy Krueger was to invade our dreams, what EastEnders couple would he manifest to cause us nightmares? Movie. <laughs> Correct! <laughs> That's a match, Apple movie. <laughs> Question number three. We're doing good, we're doing good. A serial killer is on the loose on the square. They've killed Jack, Ellie, Phil, and a number of people in Denise's lives. But who could be responsible? Could it be Lucas? Oh, correct! Yes. Question number four. Grand Silla is so scary that Blank is terrified to the point where she locks up Blank and hides. <laughs> Michelle locks up the Vic. Yes, correct! <laughs> <laughs> Now, this one's a little bit of a tricky question, Emma. It's oh. going to test your, your pop culture knowledge a little. Oh, just gosh. a little. Which Tim Burton film did Chrissy Watts watch the night before she butchered Kate's best feature? Oh, uh, Edward Scissorhands? Yes, correct! <laughs> that. I was like so proud of that. I was like, that's a really good one. <laughs> Next question. If Roy Evans was a murderer, what would be his method of killing? <laughs> Running people over. <laughs> Correct! <laughs> now on to the next question. Denny Akura has a new spirit guide. He's a young spirit. A cold spirit, yes. He's saying, Ian killed me, Mum. But who is this new spirit guide? <laughs> well, he's also called... Denny! Yes! <laughs> Next question. If Friday the 13th was set in Albert Square, which recently bereaved mother would play Pamela Voorhees out for revenge on the Beals? Sharon Watts. Correct! The next question. What musical instrument did Sonia use to drive off the Banshees when they came for Dot? The trumpet! Correct! Final question now, Emma. Dark Martin is so dark that instead of telling the truth to his wife, he does what? <laughs> oh, I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty, so name as many as you can think of. Right, well, he lies about sleeping with Sonia. He goes deck Correct. collecting. Yeah. He uh, sleeps with Ruby. He marries Ruby. Yeah. Um, And he just blames everything on her and says that she would have ruined everything, not him. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Got all of them right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goes on holiday as well and doesn't see his kids. Oh, I didn't even have that one, but 
I think that's a bonus point. So congratulations, <laughs> Emma. You've won a nightmarish journey through the haunted ruins of Martin's character development with none other than Sharon Fielding to guide your way. Stay close to her. The stairs can be treacherous. And Pauline's ghost has a habit of bashing people over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> well, it's good because I know Sharon quite well. Funny you should say that. I know Denny quite well. I think I'm getting a phone call from them. They are next. Welcome back, listeners, to Mostly Ghostly. I'm paranormal investigator and graduate of Ghost Hunting University, Sharon Fielding. Due to COVID-19, this year's edition of Mostly Ghostly is a little different. Denny and myself have been doing virtual ghost hunts, whereby he and his spirit guides help me to communicate with ghosts of my new home, the Queen Vic. This week is a special edition in which Denny and myself will be hosting an online seance with various Walford residents, living and dead. Oh, I think that's a Zoom call coming on now. Hello, Denny, can you hear me? Yes, Sharon. Yes, Sharon. Yes, yes. I can hear you. Oh, I can hear you. Hold on, Denny. I think the others are joining now. And who's coming through? Who's coming through now? Oh, it's Eileen. Eileen from Redwater. Uh, is that is that a wooden statue of Saint Zoe? Oh, oh. Just give us, a, just give us a fright of me life. Oh God. Oh, you guys all right? Sorry, was just moving Saint Zoe over into the corner for Mammy. Thanks for the invite. Just thought this virtual seance was a great idea. I only wish Kathleen could join us. Pleasure to have you joining us tonight, Eileen. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and I think, yep, it's uh, Mick Carter from the fan fiction. Thanks for joining us tonight, Mick. I'm a big fan of the show, Sharon. So it only seems right I join in on the seance when it's happening in my old boozer. And I think we're expecting one more this week. Oh, yeah. Sonia, can you hear us? Yes, Sharon. It's me, Sonia. I can hear you. I'm thrilled to be here since I don't have much to do now that Whitney's not up in court every week. Great. We're all here. So let's begin. So I should start by explaining what we are attempting to do tonight. Normally, Denny and I would hold a seance in person with everyone linking hands but due to the pandemic, we, we can't do that. So we've decided to host a virtual one where you guys can get involved too. Now, Denny will channel the forces of the other side and attempt to call upon the ghosts of Walford. Sounds like hocus pocus to me. Right, well, Sharon, before we start, I have to mention why we chose the Vic. You see, the Vic is a nexus of spiritual energy. Yes, yes. Spiritual energy, or what we in the business like to call a U-bend. A bit like the toilet, everything that dies gets stuck and floats around down there for a bit. And because of that, there's a lot of activity. Yes, a lot of activity occurs here. Yes, yes. Did everyone hear that? I'm not so sure this was a great idea after all. Don't worry, don't worry. My spirit guide, Ethel, and her little Willie have assured me 
but there's nothing to worry about. That was just one of the more mischievous spirits trying to scare us. Now, now, the cheeky beggars, the cheeky beggars sending me abusive DMs. You're, he's sharing, you won't believe what he said. Your mother's ghost is an old <gasps> prosy who mean. still turns tricks down Dobb Street. That's re- right. that, no, that's that's a bit harsh, that. that That's it. That's it. I'm going to message now, Sharon. I'm going to message now. Denny, perha- perhaps we should just leave it and we'll do it after the show. Oh, oh, right, Sharon. Yes, yes, yes. So Ethel and her little Willie. Oh, he's a lovely little Willie. Oh, he's a lovely bless little him. Oh. Yeah. Are you yeah, pat- I can see you patting little Willie right now. Yes, yes, yes. He loves a rub. Loves a he rub. loves a little bit of a, a head rub. So, they're saying to me now, Sharon, that we need to charge the Vic with our energy. So it might be helpful if we all imagined you're a plug socket with a charger attached to it and the Vic is the phone. Okay. So try and picture that, Sharon. Right, yep. Try and picture that. Picturing, yes. yeah, I'm doing Yes, it. everyone mm-hmm. picturing it, Eileen? Yes, yes, Danny, I'm picturing it. Oh, this right, is oh, ridiculous, this man. Almost a 30% battery now, Sharon. Really? That quickly? Oh, no, sorry, Sharon. I was talking about my phone. Sorry. I forgot where I was for a second there, Sharon. I forgot where I was. Oh. Right, yes, back to the show. Back to the seance. Right, right. That should do it. Now, Ethel's shown me all of the faces now. They're all coming in through the door. all coming through the door now. They're all coming through there. Yes, they're dancing around you, Sharon. Oh. I can see them. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a Michelle panicking and trying to lock up the Vic. I see a Carol Jackson drinking and dancing the night away whilst her kids are left at home. These aren't ghosts, Sharon, you see. These oh, are okay. memories. These are these are what we call in the biz residual, residual energies. Residual. So I don't they're need to worry that they're around me. No. Yes, okay. they're, they're, not, they're not ghosts, they're not going to harm you. Okay. That's just the energy, the old energy of the place. I can really feel the energy, actually, now you've mentioned it. I can yes. really feel it. Yes, Ethel, Ethel's not impressed, mind. She's not impressed. She she says, that Carol Jackson, she's always out here drinking and dancing, leaving her kids to do whatever they wanted. Who uh, the hell's we... Ethel like? Oh, I should have probably explained. Ethel is a spirit guide. Denny has quite a few of them. Sometimes his spirit guide is the long-since-deceased fashion sense of Bianca Butcher. Other times, it's the ghost of Matilda the Man-Eater, a 16th-century witch burned at the stake for eating people. It burns! It burns! I never touched those men! I swear, I never took a bite of their succulent bodies! But if I did, I would imagine they tasted rather nice, especially with some gravy and rosemary! Oh, it burns! Denny, Denny, are you alright there? Are you alright? Are you getting anything, Denny? Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine, Sharon. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. There's a spirit now coming through. Matilda, something's a bit possessive, you see. So it's a channeler. She comes through strong. And I can't quite get back control. Is she out of you now? Is she out? She's out now. She's gone now. Ethel's seen her off. Ethel and her little Willie's got rid of her. But there's a spirit coming through now. A spirit coming of all these things that I have seen. Go away with your woman. A pearl for my rose. Daddy? It's... It's... 
It's my dad, Lance. Oh, oh wow, Eileen, amazing. Right, go on, chat, guys. This is great. Iris? No, Daddy. It's me, Eileen. Oh, good. I, I've been avoiding your sister since I owe her some money. Ghosts have money in the afterlife. Don't think so. Of course. How else do you think we pay for our spirit Kushtara and the farm? Please, Lance, if you're still with us, knock once. <gasps> wow. Thank you, Lance. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. Do you have a message for Mammy? To Agnes. I leave you memories. The good and the bad. And the hashtag memories are perfect. Oh, and before I go, tell Kieran and Andrew I know what they've been doing and all the havoc they've caused and I couldn't be prouder. Love them, boys. Who killed you, Daddy? Because poor Aideen has been locked up for it. Oh, wow. I didn't expect this turn. Oh, oh, he's gone, Eileen. Sorry, he's gone. Yes, Sharon. Oh, no. He's gone. We, we, we've, we, we could have solved the crime of the century. But but no, he's left. He's gone now. He's gone yeah. back up to the big Kushtara in the sky. <gasps> Denny? What was that? Denny? It's all right, Sharon. Try to remain calm. It seems we've attracted some other spirits from elsewhere on the square. They've wandered in to our seance, yeah. They're just trying to get our attention. Are they friendly spirits? Yes, yes. I think they are. Wait, no, no. They're evil. (gasps) There's a dark presence here. One's entering the room right now, Sharon. She's with you right now. No, she's not. What's your name, spirit person? I want my baby! Don! Don! Give me back my baby! Oh my god. Like, I'm not sure this was a great idea after all. Who is speaking through Denny right now? Oh, right, yep. Yeah, I'm just getting to my ear, guys. I'm just getting to my ear. Perhaps a doctor? Are you perhaps a doctor? Yes. Me. Doctor, me, and I want my baby! Get her off us, Willie! Get her off us! Oh, she was a wrong in her, Sharon. Rotten through and through. Oh. How did she die, Denny? I'm feeling warm. Yes, very warm. No, hot, very hot. And that's the smell. What's that, Ethel? What's that, Ethel? No, not, not Pat's cheap perfume. The other smell. Yes, gas. Smells like a... Ethel's saying, this lady, this lady who just came through killed herself. Yes. I can smell smell it. It smells like fire. A bit like fire. Yes, yes. Yes, Yes, sure. Can you smell that, Sharon? It's very warm in here, yes. Can anyone else? Anyone else? If anyone's feeling anything, if anyone's feeling warm, that's the spirit. That's the spirit's presence. It's trying to make itself known. No, are we supposed to believe this? Wait, wait, Mick. There's someone who wants to speak to you. To you personally. She's just come in now. A gentle lady. Very elegant. Very elegant. She's dancing and singing away. She could have been a star. Could have been a star. She saw me around. Around all her memories. Oh yes, lots of memories. 
Good times aren't bad. Like, like that time she left Tina in the pub somewhere. Yes, yes. Or the time she took Shirley up to the caravan. She loves that memory. She loves that memory. Can this lady tell us anything more, Denny? She's shown me an image now, Sharon. Yes, an image of a man. She's saying, she's saying we know this man. This man is hers. She, she saw him first. She loved him very much, but never got to say goodbye when he died. Oh. She tell me, she tell me his name. What's what's that? How do I spell that? S S T E N. How do I how do I pronounce that, my love? How do I pronounce that? What what what? Stan, Stan. Yes, Stan, Stanley. That means this lady. We've spoken to this lady before. Remember, Sharon? We have. Remember? Yes, Mum. Not my boy. Shirley's boy. Sylvie? Sylvie, is that... Sylvie, is that you? Jin, you never could lie. You might as well go tell your mum while you're really upset. Oh, 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 no. She's gone. She's gone now, Sharon. She's left. So's Mick. Did you see? He's just he's just left oh. the call. Oh, Mick's oh, left. Mick. Some oh. people, some people, Sharon, you know this. Some people just can't take the, it's the paranormal. True. It's true. And we don't blame him. It's absolutely fine. Um, I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll speak to Mick after this and we'll, we'll see if he's okay. Yes, yes. There's a spirit coming through for you now, Sonia. He says, thanks for waiting until I was buried, son, before you jumped in bed with my killer. Oh, gosh. Sonia, is this... Denny, is, is this true? Because... Sonia here could get very upset and, you know, that's not okay. Are you okay, Sonia? Jamie! Jamie! Yes, it could be a Jay or a Jamie or a Janice. Maybe a Janine. Joan even. Does anyone know Joan? No, something with a, with a J and an M. Anyone? Do those, those lies mean anything to you? Oh, yep. Right, yep. Getting in my ear, yeah, right. Uh, there was a Jamie Mitchell who died on the square? Yes, yes, Jamie Mitchell, yes. Jamie, Jamie, is that you? I'm getting the numbers now, Sharon. I'm getting the numbers. Two, five, two, oh, oh, two. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything? Does that make sense to anyone? Sonia? Is it the lottery numbers? Because I could really use money. Oh, right, yep. Just getting my ear again. Um, Oh, he died on the 25th of December. It's Christmas Day, 2002. That's when Jamie died. Yes, yes, yes. I'm saying that now. I'm saying that now. Yes, I'm, I'm saying scattered flowers and hearing the screeching of a car. And then, and then it's... Just gone, boof, boof, boof. And I throw it right over it, Sharon. Right over it. Oh. Oh. Now, I don't want to scare anyone. <gasps> but my ghost antenna is telling me there's more spirits here. Another spirit is trying to get through. Ruff, ruff. Oh. Ruff, ruff. Denny? Oh. Denny, you all right? Well, Art. 
Right, okay, everyone. Sometimes this happens. Beloved pets can also come through Denny uh, when he's particularly open. Once the spirit of a woman's pet hamster came through and, well, Denny spent a week running round on an invisible hamster wheel. Yes! 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 Well, Lord, yes! He, he was just passing through and now he's having a bit of a scrap with Ethel's little willy. As it happens, there is another spirit here, a third human spirit, who wishes to speak to you, Sonia. God, stinks in here. Anyone else smell that? Anyone else smell that? Tell me, Mom. I'm sorry for trying to poison her and all the other stuff. Also, tell Dottie she's a chip off the old block. Oh, do you know where that came from there, Sharon? Nick, is that you? Why, they're all coming through for Sonia tonight. Oh, she's very, very popular, Sonia. She's got a lot of lot of friends on the other side. Oh, that's oh. lovely to hear, Sonia. They've never left you. Oh, oh, he's gone now, Sonia. Sorry, he's gone. He's left. He's gone to have a drink. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. It's just got really cold in here. Is it? Is it just me? I'm picking up something, Sharon. Oh... Oh, yes, something not good at all. Not good at all. Denny? Denny, what's happening? Get out of there, Sharon! Get out of there now! Sharon, there's a dark presence. A very (gasps) angry presence. I've sensed her before, this lady. This lady of the Vic. And she she wants... What does she want, Ethel? She wants you, Sharon. (gasps) And she wants me to get out of her pub. Sharon! Sharon, are you there? Oh. This is where our seance ended. I'm not sure who the mysterious lady of the Vic is, but if we manage to get another Skype call going, we'll let you know. Until the next time. Good night. This week's episode is sponsored by Karat's Walk-In Centre. Have you just been beaten up by a mysterious stranger? Perhaps your friend ordered a hit out on you. Well, if you need patching up, come to Karat's Walk-In Centre. We'll treat you to a drink, a little bit of a cuddle, and a bit of a good time. I curse you.